Hello and welcome back to the Quacked Out Pod. I'm Charlie and this is Reed. Reed, how are you doing? Were you able to uh, park yourself on Saturday? Uh, I was mostly. Um, I actually, it was kind of funny. I got to watch the early games, but then it was my last uh, good friend down here finally turned 21. So, of course, we all had to uh, hit the casino Oh yeah, um, downtown New Orleans. So that was pretty funny. I watched the Bama game in there with a few other degenerate college football fans. Of course. Um, yeah. So it was, it was pretty fun. That sounds nice. I I'm like you. I got I got uh, all the early games in, and then I had to drive up to Portland uh, for a friend's birthday as well. Actually. Um, ah, there you go. But yeah, it what dude? So they they closed 84 east right and there was no sign in yeah they they just closed it um (laughs) or at least the the part where i5 connects to 84 they closed it and there was no signage whatsoever until you get to the ramp and it's like closed off so that was great my friend and i were in standstill traffic for a little bit we got to watch some uh the end of the michigan nebraska game that was pretty fun um that was that was a better game than i thought it would be yeah, it was pretty nice. And my friend is a, a low-key Nebraska fan, so uh, mm. had some rooting interest there, even if it went the wrong way. Um, well, shoot, man. So we're going we're gonna to cover all the Pac-12 games this weekend. Obviously, with no ducks, we got a lot of room to work. Maybe a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, we'll talk about the ducks in relation to those Pac-12 games. Then we'll dive into the national games because there were a lot of good national games, obviously. Uh, and then again, we'll talk about the Ducks in relation to that national scene, um, kind of maybe recalibrate some expectations for the rest of this season, both inside and outside the conference. Um, am I missing anything or is that pretty much what we got? No, man. What, what an awesome Saturday it was, though. Even without the Ducks, it was oh, yeah. one of the best college football Saturdays in a while. Really, this whole season has been awesome, though. Honestly, yeah, I was... I was telling my friend, like, I have no way of measuring this, but I feel like there's been more good games this year than in any I can remember. Um, it sure seems that way. Let's start on Friday, though, despite the great Saturday, with ASU hosting Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much of this you got to watch. I got about half of it in throughout the night. Uh, yeah. This, this is just kind of an obvious Pac-12 result to me. Um, you had Stanford in this covering. I had ASU covering like the, the two touchdowns. This is the mm-hmm. second double digit spread ASU has covered in a row, I believe, um, which is pretty rare as far as Pac 12 games go and performances go. So, um, well, they had, they had the, uh, the UCLA one last week. They, they weren't favored double digits. Oh, you're right. You're right. Maybe it's, but they won, but they won by 19. Yeah, and they they probably covered whatever Colorado was too. But anyways, yeah, I think that's what I was thinking was just double digit victories. Uh, so in that case, it'd be their like what third in a row. Yeah, third um, in a row exactly. Stanford, I'm not worried about them in the North, and technically we don't have to be anymore because they have that second conference loss. So mm-hmm. assuming you know, assuming we can keep our feet, uh, we drive the bus in the Pac-12 North heading forward yeah i think that stanford 
probably drops two more games somewhere. And I, I think they're a good team. Um, but looking through their schedule, I mean, I'd have Oregon State and Utah favored over them. And I think that they could easily drop one of Wazoo or UW. So, yeah, yeah speaking yeah, of think... Wazoo, they can be a sneaky team, especially for your up and coming Pac 12 North opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to see any of this Wazoo Oregon State game? Yeah, I actually watched a lot of it. Um, I think it was on during during Penn State Iowa, and there was another good one on then. I forget which one it was, but um, I was I was flipping the channel between those or had it on a second screen always. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I forgot about it because it, it ended up not being a very good that's game. How we like it? Yeah, I only caught the end of this, but um, Oregon State. I don't know how I didn't. We both got this one wrong. We both thought OSU would cover the small spread. Um, I, I'm, an, I'm in retrospect, I'm an idiot for thinking that OSU like had a chance in this game because they were hyped up all week. Uh, like you, you weren't hearing anything bad about the Beavers. You know what I mean? So yeah. In, in retrospect, it was maybe an easier call than I thought. Uh, Wazoo didn't look particularly good from what I saw. They just looked kind of, kind of Wazoo-y. Well, I think I think that this I think this game definitely showed a difference in the Pac-12 race right now between Oregon and Oregon State. I mean, you know, I, Oregon just lost to Stanford, I guess, but I don't think that Oregon would lose to Washington State. Um, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Kind of I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but. I still think the Beavs are good, and I think that even though they didn't, they I don't know, like the expectations caught them in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think they're a team that can compete with almost anyone in this Pac-12 race, really. Um, yeah, and I, I mean think, that, that's not a huge variance between teams <laughs> that we're talking about. So, right, exactly, and I think we'll we'll get into it more when we start breaking down this race, but. Oregon State right now seems like the biggest threat in the north to Oregon. Um, and so they're a team to watch in that regard, I would say. Uh, rounding out the Pac-12 slate, UCLA and Arizona, right? No, no, sorry. First, let's do uh, USC-Utah. Mm-hmm. Utah's first win in the Coliseum since, I can't remember the exact year, but I want to say like 1916. 1912 or some shit like that. Uh, it's been a wow. while. It's been been a very very long time. Well, they're um, they're not a long term Pac-12 school, obviously. So yeah, that I guess that helps the stat. But either way, man, embarrassing for USC. I mean, it's one thing to lose, and like if you if you drop this game to a decent Utah team, you know, with the state their their program is in this season, like it wouldn't have been terrible. But it's the fact that they got blown out. Um, that I think it's kind of call kind of safe to call them dead in the Pac-12 South with their third conference loss of the season. Well, I think that uh, you know USC has kind of turned into an interesting measuring stick in this conference because basically, if you're you know a pretty bad team, they're going to blow you out, and if you're <laughs> a halfway competent team, uh that team's going to blow out USC. 
And yeah, true. that's what we've seen so far. Stanford, Oregon State, Utah blew them out. Colorado, Wazoo, San Jose State got blown out. I think you project forward, you know, USC <laughs> probably is going to blow out Arizona and Cal, and they're probably going to get blown out in by Colorado. Notre Dame. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, sorry, they already did play no, Colorado. Yeah, they already, the yeah, they side. already, yeah. Um, they probably will get blown out by uh, Arizona State and UCLA, as well as Notre Dame and BYU and non-con. Uh, if that holds true, by the way, that would be a five and seven season for, Ooh. for USC. Ooh, I like where your head's at. Uh, <laughs> they get a bye week next week before playing in South Bend. So uh, good luck, I guess, what we have to say there. Okay, final game uh, of the week, unless. Well, I also want to say on Utah, I think this was a pretty interesting game for them as well because they kind of had those two losses to BYU and San Diego State, both of which were unranked at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now those teams both look, you know, somewhat competent at least. And so I think Utah is a sneaky team that could get back into this, still undefeated in Pac-12 play. And uh, we'll talk more about this on on the midweek pod in a couple of days here, but they have Arizona State coming up in a huge game in the Pac-12 South race this weekend. That's a very good point. Whoa. You just went total robot there, my guy. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to wait a little a little bit. Um, just try talking it in like thirty seconds. Uh, Arizona loses to UCLA. Reed and I both thought that this was like a very very scary game for UCLA. Ended up not being that whatsoever. Um, it. They cruised. Arizona couldn't stop them. Uh, I believe the final was 34 to 16. So maybe a little closer than some people expected, but UCLA still covers and Reed and I both still lose. Uh, so for those of you at home keeping track, I was two and two on my picks. I had Arizona State and Utah. Reed one and three. He had Stanford and otherwise just the same as me. Um, dude, I can hear you trying to talk, but it's, it's just not... <laughs> So, yeah, not great for Arizona. They are still winless on the season. Although we have Pac-12's version of El Asico coming up next week uh, when they face Colorado <laughs> in Boulder. It's going to be a fun one. That is um, going to be a ridiculous game. Yeah, man. So I, I want to talk about what well, we both want to talk about, the Pac-12 race at this point. It's kind of funny because the way it's shaping up, might look pretty similar as to what we've seen in recent years, right? Where it's a ferocious race in the South between a couple different teams, like two or three teams, and then probably going to just be Oregon coming out of the North. Now us winning the conference, I'm definitely less confident in Mm. obviously since losing to Stanford, but um, I certainly still think we're the favorites. Arizona state may be a closer second than before. They're up to number 18 in the country now, but overall, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super worried after seeing this weekend's games, like nothing's really changed my mind about that sort of thing. It's funny though. I found, uh, I I sent you this 538 link, right? 
538.com's got some really interesting college football statistics and predictions. Uh, it's got Arizona State as a 31% chance to win the conference and us at only 29, which it's not a big difference, but you would kind of expect that to be on the other side of it. For what it's worth, we have a 5% higher chance to make the playoff than them, 15 to 10. But that I just thought that was an interesting stat for the conference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a tweet early this or before this slate of games this week because um, I was looking over the Pac-12 uh, title odds, and it was really interesting to me to see Utah at plus 450 in third place. Oregon and Arizona State were at plus 200 going into this weekend, um, tied at the top. And that was pretty surprising because Utah had kind of been off my radar as a real conference title team. I just didn't think that they were very good, I guess, (laughs) um, in comparison to last year or prior years. But I don't know. Now it's weird. I feel like we still don't know a lot about Utah other than that they lost to two pretty solid non-Power 5 teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not going to put that much stock into them beating USC. but now that game against Arizona State is, you know, what we had thought the UCLA-Arizona State game was two weeks ago, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or last week, I guess it was. Um, and so that's going to be a really exciting game coming up. And Utah has the potential to put it together uh, in the South. I think that those two teams – have a pretty big lead in the South right now with UCLA as the only other even possible contender. Um, yeah. yeah. But in those three team races, the head to head wins are what, you know, really ru- rules the day. And I think Arizona state having one already and the chance to be favored to capture another this weekend could really put Arizona state in a pole position to win the South. And that's interesting because this whole off season, my perspective on them was, okay, I like this team. I would like to pick them in the South almost because, you know, that they are trending in the right direction. They obviously had the big upset win against Oregon in 2019, mm-hmm. but their whole coaching staff was in turmoil after the NCAA investigation and still is. But I guess that hasn't affected them too much um, because they've been pretty impressive so far. Yeah, they really have. Uh, my money would be on them coming out of the South. I, it makes sense mm-hmm. to me that Utah is the second most favorite uh, ahead of UCLA, simply because, I mean, just record. I mean, I rate UCLA and Utah pretty much evenly at this point in the year. Maybe give the edge to UCLA, but uh, the Bruins already have that one loss, whereas Utah is 2-0 and in conference play so far. So... Something yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think we know a lot more about UCLA than we really know about Utah, I feel like. Um, I think UCLA kind of is who they are, and that's a top 30, they're, they're, you know, the 30 or 35th best team, pretty solid, but probably shouldn't be ranked. And Utah, I feel like, is still kind of growing as a team, and there's a potential that they could be a top 25 team for instance, by the time Oregon travels there in week 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to see. They also could bottom out and be, you know, not that different from a Wazoo uh, or 
Colorado or Arizona or Cal, which have all kind of been pretty bad this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. Um, pivoting to the North race, because obviously, you know, that's, that's why a lot of Ducks <laughs> fans are here. Uh, so Stanford goes down, like we said, Oregon now controls its destiny, but the question obviously is, you know, we know what, what happens if Oregon wins out, they get it to the Pac-12 title game. What happens if they drop a game? Um, mm-hmm. And where would that game have to be for it to really threaten Oregon? I think that um, Stanford, you know, probably is going to drop at least one more conference game. Uh, so, you know, Oregon has a room for a loss and still get in ahead of them. I think Washington probably, I, I just don't see them winning the North or Wazoo. Uh, so I think it's about Oregon State. Um, and so in that regard, uh, you know, is, is Oregon going to be in a position where they're tight, where the North is going to be decided on the last week of the season, I think is the biggest question. Um, or will Oregon have won it before then? And so you have to look at Oregon State's schedule. They get a bye week, then they play Utah. Um, and then the other big things are they play Stanford uh, at home and they play Arizona State at home. So that's a tough draw from the South. But those are them, both November games. Them. Like those are the two weeks leading yeah. up to the Ducks. So yep, exactly. that could be a lot of, lot of narrative changing um, leading up to the Civil War. I guess it's not the Civil War anymore. My bad. Um, but, but as you meant, those three Im- games you mentioned are all at home, which is very nice for the Beavers. Yeah, and it's important to note though that right now, if if the if you just assume Oregon State beats Oregon, the Beavers would have to lose two more games, and this is a bit of a new scenario for the Ducks because we haven't dropped a game this early in Pac-12 play. I, I mean, I guess last year, but last year was very funky. Uh, with COVID and everyone playing only five games and stuff. Um, 2018 so, was the last time we did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, we're, I think fans are drawing a parallel to this to 2019, right. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the early season loss, but the hopes that if we go undefeated, we'll still be in the playoff picture. And it's just, is a little different because we've dropped a conference game and, when you have two conference losses, it becomes a lot harder to lock up that thing early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the margin for error for this Oregon team is obviously zero in terms of a playoff appearance, but it's also relatively slim in terms of a North title appearance because they dropped a conference game. Yep. Oh, you just blurted out once again, uh, or roboted out once again, and you're trying to get back in. I can hear you. Kind of. My back now. Yeah, now you are. <laughs> um, where do we want to move from here? Um, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, the Oregon State game is – it would be the most threatening on our schedule, but since the Pac-12 counts, like, uh, like it's not just your division games determine your division uh, – mm-hmm spot it's your conference games overall that ucla game man we're going to learn a lot about this team in that game um obviously the road trips to uw and utah will be difficult as well in their own ways but 
really to me, I think it comes down to the UW game and the Oregon State game, if we're talking about the race for the North, which is right now what we are talking about. Uh, yeah. So this conversation had a bit of a, you know, negative tilt to it just because we have to play hypothetical. And again, this is not a, something we're necessarily used to doing when the team is at the level we expect, but it is what it is. So Cal, Cal and Colorado, honestly, we can kind of assume those as wins. Like I'm not worried about those in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, Wazoo, like maybe a little bit, but they would have to do some real stepping up uh, to convince me that they're a threat to us. Again, man, yeah, it's, sure. it's those three or those four of UCLA, UW, Utah, and Oregon State. All of a sudden, the schedule looks really entertaining down the stretch. So, yeah, and, we'll see and what all those there. all those teams. I think Oregon should beat you know seven or eight times out of ten. Um, but I agree. Yeah, we'll see how it looks when when those games come around, and obviously dive more in depth when those matchups actually are here. Yeah, one to watch next week. I know we usually do this on the Tuesday show, but mm-hmm. definitely a game to watch next week is that UCLA against UW. Um, that'll mm-hmm. that's a good like measuring stick game for both of those teams, uh, especially with us going to Pasadena next weekend, and obviously UW is on the horizon next month. Right, and okay. and on the horizon always, really. Yes, that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes on the sunset more than horizon. we're butchering this metaphor but you understand uh let's talk about some national games man we had so many good games this weekend uh and it just fired off right out of the gates in the 9 a.m window um red river was something else uh Mm. i know it's not technically called the shootout anymore but it probably should be because this (laughs) it pretty much describes this rivalry accurately at this point. Um, at one point they showed like the historical comparisons and it was like three of the last four years, I think have produced like the highest scoring uh, red river game at the time. Just, just something else, man. Did you watch all of this game? Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much watched this whole thing. Um it's just crazy when you score that many points, it, it felt like Texas had won this game and then all of a sudden they didn't. Um, it felt like they won this game multiple times. Yeah. 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 Um, 38 to 20 at halftime. You never expect (laughs) that to happen. Uh, you also don't go into a game expecting Rattler to get benched, but it was very obviously the right move. I mean, uh, what's this guy's name? Williams, Casey, Williams. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Casey Thompson for Texas. Um, yeah. He's and legit. He's, he's a stud. Yeah. Yep. He's really good. I wish I could say that Texas won this game to knock Oklahoma out of the playoff race, but alas, they still surge on at six and zero, and number six in the country. So I guess we'll just have to wait. Well, let's let's look at the schedule real quick. How long up will they to have number, to wait up, until they up to number four in the country? Actually, oh really? Um, oh, so this is the old ranking I'm looking at. Well, are you yeah, and they've serious? actually they have a a game against TCU coming up, and um, this coming with. weekend. Yeah, and and this is the end of a kind of four game stretch that we had highlighted four weeks ago when we said. 
West Virginia, Kansas State, and Texas, um, and then yep. TCU. And and I thought that they would lose one of those. And here they are. They've made it through these three games. And in these past three weeks, I think they've transformed themselves a lot as a team. And, you know, we highlighted them as fraudulent um, <laughs> throughout this whole time, basically. I mean, every single game they played against an FBS opponent has ended a one-possession game. Um, I still, okay, I stand by, though, that the game we watched on Saturday was between two top 20 teams, not a top 10 team and wherever Texas has dropped or risen to now. I haven't even looked at the rankings, obviously. I I don't know about that, honestly. I think that, I don't know, I think that they're both, um, I I don't think that Oklahoma is a top five team right now. But it's tough. To, it's getting harder and harder to construct a real top five. Um, and I oh, think yeah. Texas is pretty good. So I, I, I think that they're both in the five to 15 range, wherever you want to fit them. Um, but, you know, it's not like I would walk out there and say Oregon is going to, you know, really wipe the floor with either of these teams. Wipe the floor, uh, no. I think we'd be favored on a neutral against Texas maybe against eh, maybe against I don't know actually I mean yeah that's we wouldn't be favored by an odds maker but but we might favor us I don't think we would at least against Texas or against OU against OU yeah whatever that was a great game that was an instant classic and meanwhile hope you had the second screen up because there was another instant classic happening at the same time um, between Arkansas and Ole Miss Every time I looked over to said second screen, uh, the scoreboard had increased in value. Um, <laughs> and it basically went back and forth all game uh, until the final play of regulation and of the game where Sam Pittman decides to go for two after scoring to, you know, take draw his team within one. You know, you kick the extra point, you could send it to overtime. He elects to go for it. I loved the call to go for it. That's like, pretty much symbolizes everything he's about there with Arkansas. Um, I think it was the right thing to do, even if I didn't like the play call at all. Uh, yeah. But you, you also can't necessarily blame the play call either because that's what had been working for him. But either way, super entertaining game. Kind of sucks that it got a little bit buried under Red River, but um, real, real fans know that that was the sights behold for sure. What are you – where do you yeah, and see the SEC West going from here? <laughs> I mean, I, I still think it runs through Tuscaloosa. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think I'd be surprised if Arkansas um, hangs with Bama. Really. Uh, so e- even with all the struggles we saw Bama have, I don't know. Maybe maybe I could be proven wrong on that. But just with how Do- Georgia completely dispatched of them. I think that when they face that team that's that much more talented than they are, mm-hmm. um, it will be tough. But I, it was it's interesting to see still, even if those these teams don't come out of the West, it was still an awesome game to watch. Um, as was another game, was, was Boise State upsetting BYU it was pretty big. Um, yeah, man, Cyrus had a good game too, right? Yep, and Avalos obviously coaching. Uh, first big win, first signature win for him, and 
helps everyone that BYU went down, uh, <laughs> except for all the Pac-12 South teams that lost to them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good, though, because now we don't have to keep listening to people talk about BYU. We don't have to talk about yeah. BYU. Uh, you want to do UMass UConn real quick? Uh, I, I honestly didn't. For for all the memes, I, I, I actually did didn't end up watching it. Yeah. Um, um, it was on some channel even harder to find than the Pac-12 network. So, mm. uh, Iowa-Penn State, let, let's do this. Get into the um, midday games. Man, <sighs> Penn State had this one. Sean Clifford goes down. They lose the game. And it, again, like the talk about Iowa is that let's see if they can come back when they're losing a game. I don't even, I mean, technically they did that in this game, but I think it was more so Penn State unraveling than it was Iowa winning. Um, yeah. 23 20 is a real tough scoreline, man. Uh, and I mean, props to Iowa. Like, I don't have anything against the Hawkeyes. I'm just saying, like, you win the turnover battle battle in every game and like you finally get a big test against the real team at home. And I'm still walking away thinking to myself, how is this a top five team? Much less, how is this a top two team? Cause that's what they are right now. And like, I understand that's just kind of how it has to work in writer's heads when you're like ranking teams, but I don't know, man, what, what do you think Iowa should be ranked? Well, I think that, you know, some of it comes in the spread we see next week. They're favored by 12 and a half against Purdue, which, yeah, Purdue is fine, but we have to put this in the context of who our top two was a week ago when we saw Georgia and Alabama absolutely destroy two far better teams than Purdue and Old Miss and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in that respect, you know, I mean, Iowa isn't a top two team in terms of who I would favor, uh, but they just seem to have some weird voodoo magic about them where they always come up with the turnover on defense in the big spot. Um, and in this game, uh, they they needed all the breaks and they got them. And ultimately, I mean, it just it's it seems like a team of destiny type of thing. Uh, now that said, you know, are they unbeatable down the stretch here? No. I mean, Purdue beating them would be a far less uh, shocking result than Alabama losing to AM, yeah. uh, as would pretty much any team left on their schedule. I think Wisconsin, despite how bad they've looked, particularly with Graham Mertz and oh, Wisconsin can like that. just based on it being Wisconsin versus Iowa, Wisconsin can win that game. Yeah, and, and it's exactly the style of play they'd want to get into. And then also, I think Nebraska, their last game on the schedule. Nebraska's shown that they're a lot better team uh, than they looked like in week zero against um, Illinois. Against Illinois. Yeah, you know, actually, I'm pulling this up. Guess what Nebraska's odds are to win this game according to FPI, which people have their issues with, but against guess Michigan? what it is. No, Nebraska, Iowa. Oh, Nebraska, Last... Iowa. Yeah. Oh, and the game is at Nebraska. Ooh. Last week of the season. It's on a Friday night, huh? I I mean, I know that probably doesn't factor into FPI, but I'm gonna say like I'm gonna say like 40. 40%. Yep. 
40, 46 and a half percent. Wow. Like it's a toss up basically between three and four Nebraska and Iowa, according to ESPN's power rating system. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I, I mean, Iowa's basically got the big 10 West locked up. I think um, that it's safe to say sure that looks much. that way. Uh, so, I mean, kind of an Iowa and Ohio state crash course is what it looks like we're headed for. And I think we kind of already see this matchup once a year in the big 10 championship game. Anyways, not with the same teams, obviously, but with one of the same teams. Yeah. I I think that's, I think that's probably true, but even, you know, I'm not completely declaring the big 10 East yet for Ohio state, even though I think they're the best team. Um, I mean, the, the Michigan game is going to be good and Penn state game will hopefully be good, but if Clifford's back, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I really don't know. Sparty question mark still undefeated. They beat Rutgers this week. I think someone could easily trip up Ohio state, but ultimately they probably come out of the division either way. Unless it's Michigan, though. I mean, if Michigan Michigan can drop one, and if they win that game, then uh, which is yeah. at home, then then the division is theirs. I think we're going to have our answer to uh, the question of who wins this conference by week nine, uh, or at the end of week nine, I guess I should say, where Penn State and Ohio State play, and then the Michigan schools play. So, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting weekend for sure. Uh, that's also the weekend Iowa and Wisconsin play as well. So mm. I guess that'll kind of maybe be our de facto like Big Ten semifinal day or something like that. Could be yeah. interesting. Quarterfinal um, at least. Yeah. In the East. Yeah. Um, what else happened, man? Uh, we mentioned Ohio State. They blew, they blew the doors off of Maryland. This game wasn't mm-hmm. close at all, uh, which is obviously good for us from a perspective perspective standpoint uh and don't don't let people change the narrative on that i mean i know i know we're just screaming into the void as oregon fans but when people just go from oh yeah this is a bad ohio state team actually they're they're probably like 15th or something and then they immediately go from that one week to now yeah, if these teams played again, Ohio State would win by three scores. So just throw the throw out the window what happened week two. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I think Ohio State's good, and I said at the time, we, I mean, we all know. It was a closely played game, but ultimately Oregon won on the field handily. I mean, mm-hmm. they absolutely were the better team that day, and that matters. That's why we play the game. <laughs> it does matter, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I agree. And like, look, we don't have to totally get into the rankings thing right now. Maybe we should get through some other games first, but Mm -hmm. it still bothers me a little bit that we're ranked below Ohio state right now. Uh, I understand that we're probably not at that level at this moment as a team, but the fact that we've been worse off injury wise in not having KT uh, and flow in that game, which of course we still don't have flow, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. The fact that personnel wise, we've been in a worse situation and had our best game of the year. 
you can't ignore that. Like I know we've yeah. looked, I, I hesitate to even say mediocre, but slightly below expectations in our other games, uh, yeah, even definitely. the other wins. But I mean, come on, man, we still won in the damn shoe and nobody's been able to do that. So give yourself some props. It still happened. I don't want to yeah. talk, relate it to the AB situation right now, but that's just kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just, I don't know, because people immediately tried to discredit the win and say, oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you're the first team to win in the shoe, but Ohio State's heading for a 9-3 and three season. No, they're and not, man. That, that doesn't look like what's happening yeah. anymore. I mean, they're a damn good team. They have, they have three receivers who would start at any – would be a, maybe the receiver one at almost any other school in the country. Probably, yeah. Um even it's, Alabama, based on what we saw. Well, I was going to say the team we usually compare that uh, take to is Alabama, who lost to Texas A&M at Kyle yeah, and Field. Their, and their literal receiver one is a transfer from Ohio State. From Ohio where he State. was going to be fourth on the depth chart. Yeah, man. Just for, for the record. <laughs> um, I was driving during this game, unfortunately, so I wasn't able mm-hmm. to see it. But uh, – Please give me a nice, succinct recap of it, please. Yeah, I would say for me what happened in this game was A&M came out. They basically played perfectly or, you know, everything went their way pretty much in that first half. They got the goal line interception. Um, they they just, you know, somehow found a way through ex- executing and kind of surprising Bama, catching them off guard to take a two-touchdown lead into half. Um, at that point, you still pretty much think Bama's going to win, and they came out and showed why you think that. Um, they got the block punt for a touchdown. That was really unfortunate. Um, the type of break that you don't want the favorite to get in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and still, you know, they battle through it. They get stalled on, at the goal line twice and kick field goals, cut it to one. Then they have a pretty impressive drive late in the fourth um and complete a two-point conversion to go up seven and at that point we pretty much think it's over i mean it's a really deflating position for a&m where their offense has done nothing their only seven points are from a kick return for a touchdown um and they've squandered a 14-point lead into a seven-point deficit uh and then they put together this awesome drive um And I think that was where the whole thing turned because I think Bama really believed that that drive, you know, to go up seven with five minutes left in the fourth was their knockout punch of Mm A&M and credit to A&M. They got back up the mat, got back up off the mat, put in a drive of their own to tie it um, when they needed to 65 yards. Nice. Yeah. And I think when Alabama's offense came back out there, they were kind of shell-shocked. They thought, hey, we didn't we just beat these guys pretty much? Um, and didn't execute three and out, punt the ball back. And AM has, you know, a relatively short field and just a play here or there. They, you know, a, a floating pass on a wheel route to the running back, he toe taps inbound, you're at the 50. 
a couple passes over the middle for 10 yards and then a big PI call that was the right call, I thought, where they just lob it up to their uh, really good tight end, Weidermeyer, and the safety didn't turn his head, just ran through him uh, 15 yards, and all of a sudden they're set up for what was pretty much a chip shot field goal to, to knock off the number one team in the country. It was an absolutely wild uh, college football game. But th- this is exactly how Bama goes down. They kind of <laughs> sleepwalk through it, and then some funky stuff happens at the end pretty much. Crazy, man. Uh, broke all kind of streaks. I'm sure you've heard a few of them by now. Yeah. Uh, Saban's last loss to an unranked team was uh, – Shoot, it was in like 2007 or something. Um, mm. they're like, it's no, it was 100 over 100 straight games. That That is, I think, the one stat that sets Saban apart more than yep. anyone else in my exactly. mind. Is exactly the rules of college football just have not applied to Alabama, they don't actually have to worry about anyone who's not ranked. I mean, obviously, the reason that they are undefeated is because they do worry about those teams but (laughs) in terms of results they they've been invincible versus anyone unranked until now it's insane yeah man uh did a&m get ranked because of this i'm sure they did yeah 21 okay that that's whatever i guess um some other sec games uh like i said the the west is wide wide open now um well is i i know it still goes through alabama but no no i don't second place for the sec west is wide open now how about that like you could probably make an argument to me that any one of these teams is the worst team in the sec west other than alabama yeah but that, that said, now, you just look at these records. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard for anyone to take the West except for Bama, just based on the fact that Ole Miss already has a head-to-head against them. Um, A&M already has two losses. And Auburn, baby. Arkansas has two losses. Auburn. How crazy would that be if in Brian Harson's first year he was able to pull off an Iron Bowl win and get Auburn to the SEC title game? I don't. I don't trust Auburn at all, though. I don't trust them either. But it could, you know, mathematically happen, and that would be pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I think, I mean, I think they have Arkansas by week, Ole Miss, then A and M. There's no way that they. I, I would be very surprised if they make it through that undefeated. I would be pretty surprised if they make it through it with one loss. I was surprised they made it through this Georgia game with 10 points uh, because that's a lot for Georgia's defense. They had an off day, I guess. But, um, yeah, Georgia 34, Auburn 10. If you needed more proof that Georgia was the number one team in the country, then here you go, I guess. Uh, They got a matchup against undefeated – or, sorry, Kentucky coming up next weekend, so that'll be an interesting one. You know the spread on that one? I have not checked, is it? Two touchdowns or more? Yeah, it's 22 and a half. 22 and a half? Oh, my God. Yeah. The, they are ridiculously good. I, I I mean, I think it's reflected by the fact that we don't have another team close to that level. We might not think as highly of them if we 
if if 2019 LSU was out there or something. But um, still, I mean, what they've done is is insane. Uh, and I I don't really think Kentucky has much of a choice a chance against them. Uh, I don't think Kentucky should be 11th. I, I mean, I guess they're undefeated, but I really don't think they're that good. Uh, I'd be excited. Yeah, I mean, they beat Florida, wrong, but they beat Florida on some craziness. And oh, yeah, a win against LSU is nothing to flex at this point. Um, Coach O's probably on his way out down there. Uh, but yeah, well, like I was just looking at the odds. I mean, like Georgia's F. FPI odds are 95.4% to win against the number 11 team in the country right now. Right. So this is the point I want to make about Georgia though, is um, I, I haven't been a Georgia fan for very long. You know, I, I only went down there a couple of years ago, but in that short amount of time, I've, I've learned a few things about this fan base. And one of them is that uh, this program always finds a way to let you down. <laughs> yeah. So as much as you can have a national title wrapped up in after week six, which again, this is probably as close as you can ever get to that. Um, I'm not so sure that they can do it. I, I just have a bad, bad feeling. So that's all I have to say. I don't know if that bad feeling makes itself present against Kentucky. If it happens against Florida, it's really the only two games it could happen. Bro, Tennessee maybe. Tennessee doesn't look terrible. They they beat uh, South Carolina pretty handily, at least in the first half. But yeah, I, I think just know that the legacy of Georgia football is to let you down. So more and more, I think that this sport is becoming, you know, running is running through the quarterback of the team. Um, and if Oregon fans want to make comparisons to our current quarterback situation, I, I'm sure they will. I'm not going to do that right now, but I think that's what holds people back from declaring Georgia a national title champion right now or, or favorite or whatever it is, or favoring them over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, because who are their three biggest competitors right now in terms of who I actually think could win a national title? You know, I, I right now I'd say Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. It's a boring answer, but I think it's true. And all three of those teams are probably going to have pretty decent quarterback advantages in that game. And it will just be a question of how much Georgia's defense can overcome that. And maybe they will. Everything they've shown so far suggests, suggests to us that they definitely could. Um, but we'll see, I guess that's the area that they're not perfect at for sure. Yeah. SEC title game is going to show us a lot about this team. Knock on wood. (laughs) Uh, let's get through the ACC so we can be done with this segment. Um, Syracuse beats. Do we, do we really need to talk about the ACC? I think we should just strip. Because I want to emphasize how irrelevant it's becoming. Okay, great, great. I'm on board uh, now. The best team in the ACC, the team with the best record in the ACC. Reed, do you know what it is off the top of your head? Is it Wake? Wake Forest is six and zero oh on the season, baby. After an overtime win against Syracuse, uh, North Carolina crapped the bed against North Carolina. Wait, against Florida State. Sorry, that was a head scratcher. That was 
yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I think that's, I don't know. I haven't really come up with an explanation for that one yet. <laughs> um, it's going to take Mac Brown a little bit uh, to get that. I mean, the, co- the Coastal looked like it was on a platter for this team. And they are now two and three in conference. Wow. Really? They played five conference games? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yep. Dude, what? I know. It's kind of yeah. weird that they have, yeah. That's That shouldn't be, like, a thing. <laughs> yeah, they have Notre Dame and Watford still. Still left in the non Yeah, and the, the Wake Forest game that they have is actually a non-conference game. Don't ask me how that works, but... Oh, really? Yeah, I heard it on Split Zone Duo today. Um, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, so I, I don't really think we need to go over much more. Um, I see no other notable results on here. Oh, Notre Dame, how'd that go with Virginia Tech? Were you able to watch any of that game? I, I honestly wasn't. Um, I've just, I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Yeah. They ended up winning by three, uh, and it was the 32, 29 scoreline. So, you know, some terrible, terrible things went down, including probably lots of field goals. Same as their school scoreline against Toledo. So damn, really? That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can cross Notre Dame off, uh, officially now, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, Maybe I jumped the gun. I don't know. Whatever. No, uh, is you, Cincinnati you really? The, they're not making a playoff. Yeah, the, yeah, they're not. Is Cincinnati really the third best team in the country? Um. Well, I mean, I told you my my top four for a national title. Yeah. And unfortunately, despite all the chaos, that's what it is. But uh, Cincinnati deserves to be up there. I mean, uh, you know, have they looked more impressive than Oklahoma so far? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, again, Oklahoma, they've played some good teams. Um, the Nebraska win doesn't look as ugly as it, as it once did. Right, but it is a little troubling that they played five games against FBS opponents and haven't won a single one by more than one possession. I mean, imagine the outrage from Oregon fans if this was happening. <laughs> we beat... We beat Stony Brook by 40, and people <laughs> insist that it was a really competitive game. Yeah. Well, Arizona <laughs> has a has the ball for three total plays against us in a one-possession game after the first quarter, and people insist that it was an evenly matched game. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah, again, it's like to bring your – uh, sarcasm back down to earth a little bit um it is <laughs> annoying when like the <laughs> the only bad part about winning against ohio state is that you have heightened expectations for the rest of the season but mm-hmm. you know, i'm not gonna sit here and complain about it too much although i will complain about it because it's my podcast um any other notable games from this weekend that you want to touch on no, nah, not really. I think we went through all the games that were no, no love for Coastal yet. No, I I have no love for Coastal. I wow. uh, you don't get to carry over. Uh, they've played absolutely nobody. I I think it's a joke that anyone would rank them. Wow, above really? like 
I mean, above like 20. Like okay, maybe okay. maybe throw them like a pity vote and like they can have a number next to their name. But they've played nobody. They're yeah. they're not even playing the same sport as Citadel, like, Kansas, Buffalo, UMass, and ULM, and now Arkansas State. Uh, why don't we just don't, rank whoever is winning the PIL? Like just rank Jesuit or or Central or Grant or whoever it is. Um. <laughs> It's a good point. Uh, they do have a power five win, Reed. Are you disrespecting the beloved Kansas Jayhawks right now? How could I? I'm not sure. How really not how sure. could I disrespect the Jayhawks? Um, <laughs> so broadly, though, like Oregon, you know, we're still sitting at nine. Georgia, mm-hmm. Iowa, Cincinnati, one, two, three. Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, four, five, six, Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, and then Michigan State behind us at 10, mm-hmm. Kentucky on our heels at 11. After that, like, you have to include Kentucky and Michigan State in your, like, um, playoff possible teams, I think, just because they're still undefeated. Oh, and maybe Oklahoma State, because apparently they're still undefeated. Um Outside of yeah. that, I mean, even if you – if maybe you're not willing to take any three of those teams seriously. I'm okay with that <laughs> for the purposes mm-hmm. of this exercise. Um, is – first question being, do you think Oregon legitimately could be a playoff team if the cards fell the right way for the rest of the season, injury-wise, quarterback-wise, everything? I think we could as the ver- best version of our team. I absolutely think we could. I, I, so are we then the lowest say, rate? Are we now the lowest ranked playoff contender? Uh, let me pull up the rankings real quick. But just on the are we a playoff team, I think my, my word to Ducks fans would just be don't give up on this group yet. They have a chance to prove who they are going forward. And whether that's with a B or tie, we've, we've talked that over so many times, either way, I think that the best version of both of those guys can get this team to a playoff. Um, and I think this defense gets healthy. The offense starts putting them in a better position. They can dominate like they did for the better part of, of two quarters um, or more than two quarters versus Stanford. And they can do that against almost anyone in this conference. Um, I mean, against you just look anyone. at I'm going to say against yeah. anyone. Yeah. Right. And, and you look at the schedule for Oregon. Um, I mean, you know, Washington doesn't look very good. Uh, it would be a real gut punch to lose there, but I don't think we will. Uh, and I don't think Wazoo is very good either. So if you, just assume four wins in these next five games, which are pretty easy. And and I know that's, again, the, it's college football. Things could happen. But you say that based on the fact that we should be heavy favorites against all of those teams, especially when we're heavy, when, when we're even more healthy, hopefully against Wazoo and Washington later in that slate. Um, and so Oregon has a chance to, you know, win those four and UCLA a week from now is the big one, I guess, two weeks from now. Um, 
is the big one that we have circled in that span. And UCLA isn't that great of a team either, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, If Oregon plays anything like they played versus Ohio State, they'll win really comfortably in that game. Now, they haven't done a lot to have us expect that performance of them since then. But for me, it's the results have been, you know, Stony Brook and Arizona games, I just don't put a lot of weight into because I don't think that the team is that focused on them. And Arizona has turned out to be a little more competent than we thought they were, um, even though they're not good. And then the Stanford one is the game that you have to justify. And we went through that on two podcasts ago. Um, It was a bad game for Oregon, but I don't think it, you know, completely changes my long-term outlook of who they can be. Um, so yeah, I think Oregon can, you know, get through this slate pretty easily. If you looking, just how you break it up. I mean, you, if you can win that close game, more competitive game at UCLA, you win those other four games that you absolutely should win. And then you have two competitive games to end out the season versus Utah and Oregon state. Um, so you, Oregon can do that for sure. I, I definitely think they can. I don't know if I would predict them to win all those, but I definitely think they can. Um, so back what to do the, you say? back to the original point. I, I mean, if we're predicting, uh, it's so tough because what we've been saying for weeks is that like we expect them to drop one game somewhere. Um, probably mm-hmm. not two, but most likely one. And now that one has come a little sooner than we thought it would, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have to wonder, like, if there's another one. I don't think there is, honestly. If I had to uh, bet on it, my, I don't think there is. My my thing is that, yes, we have said that, but this conference, unfortunately, is looking worse and worse as every week ticks by. Outside of Arizona State, everyone in this conference worth anything is is starting to look worse washington looks very bad ucla has gone from what was a top 20 matchup to a 30 to 35 type of team um cal colorado and washington state look like doormats essentially and even utah we still don't know anything about they could get blown out by arizona state this week and that's not a very hard game all of a sudden and Oregon State just dropped the game to Washington State. So I think the good news is that this Pac-12 slate is pretty easy. And so if Oregon is a playoff caliber team, there's no excuses. There, There's no scenario in which Oregon feels robbed out of a playoff spot if they lose a game here, you know, or if we mm-hmm. where we say, oh, if we just won against Stanford, because now I just feel like, hey, yeah, we lost that game to Stanford, but look, this schedule just isn't that hard. And if we want any chance to compete in a playoff, you know, a team who's who's going to do that is going to be able to run through this thing unbeaten. Do you want to do, do a quick Pac-12 power ranking? Real yeah, quick? sure. Just off top, uh, Oregon ASU, 1-2, fair. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Utah, that's UC- a pretty clear tier, I would say, as well. Yeah, yeah. Utah, UCLA, 3-4 is a next tier. Uh, and, and I would still throw Oregon State in there. Okay. Even though they lost. I, I, I think They were my five, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, man, it gets real murky. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about five, if you want to include Oregon State, five, like, decent teams. Maybe, okay, maybe, like, because I was thinking Oregon State's a little closer to Stanford than they are UCLA. Um, but I think Stanford has to be six. And then, yeah. like, how, even though, like, having Stanford in your top half as a conference is, like, that's real tough, you know? I, I agree, but they do have a good quarterback. And we they say do. quarterback yeah. plays matters, and they actually have a legitimate quarterback. Um for what that's worth. But I, I agree with the broader point. Yeah. Um, USC and Washington. Do you make a distinction there? No, I, I think t- to be honest, I I'm kind of cheating because um, the guy from stops uh, at equity broom put out a, yeah, Carlos. a power ranking yeah. Carlos. Yeah. Uh, the man. And he is uh he 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 did it pretty well, I thought, as well, um, and had Which pretty similar tiers. But he, have? he had in tier four. He had Stanford, Wazoo, UW, and USC. He he had UW over USC. Um, but I think the tiers are the more, more you know, um, interesting thing that he did, or, or accurate thing that he did that I that I thought was really good. Um, because I think you have Arizona State and Oregon. They're teams that are legitimate contenders against almost anyone that they'd play outside of Georgia. <laughs> uh, they're teams that could win a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, then you have Oregon State, UCLA, and Utah. They're teams that would play a competitive game uh, a good part of the time against those top two teams. And then you have Stanford, Wazoo, UW and USC, who you're probably going to beat. You can basically pencil in the win there, but you might want to, you know, keep the eraser by your side just in case. And then you have Cal, Arizona, and Colorado, who no one should be losing to, who considers themselves a bull team. Yeah. So if we're filling out the rest of this um, rundown here, we're looking at like Oregon State five, Stanford six, maybe Washington seven, USC eight. And then Wazoo, nine, Cal, Colorado, mm-hmm. Arizona, ten. What's who's worse, by the way, Arizona or Colorado? We'll make our picks think, on the next week's show, but yeah, I I think Colorado is worse. Okay. Yeah, Arizona's. You know they they've gotten smacked in their last two games, but they were <laughs> better than some people expected. Maybe in both of those. Uh, also, yeah. No, I, I, and it's a new coach. You know, I think that sometimes new coach, you can struggle for a little bit and you come back and get your feet under you as, as the feet, as the season goes on. And yeah, I mean that obviously that's in the context of us thinking that they might literally be the worst team in the power five. And now it seems like they might not be the absolute worst is all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's fair. Cal also, like, let's just take a breather here and remind yourself of what Cal's record is. It's one and four. 
and the mm-hmm. one is against Sacramento State. Uh, and again, they didn't look super impressive in either. So, but well, let's also remind ourselves they went to overtime with uh, UW at home. Oh, UW at home, and they they played TCU close as well. Yeah, it's not a terrible team. So that's <laughs> I don't know. At least they have a good win, or not a good win. At least they have a win. Period, and that's what put them keeps them above Arizona so far. We'll talk more Cal on Tuesday, obviously, with that being the preview show for the Friday game. But do you have any initial thoughts you'd like to get off right now? Um, you just got to see something from Oregon that where they come out different, you know? I mean, that's it. You, I mean, it's true of almost everyone in this conference that it's going to be more about Oregon's ability to execute than any problems that they can present themselves that are really that imposing. But especially against Cal, I mean, just I play to your agree. standards so and bad, win by man. 20 plus, you know? Yeah, I'd like to see a blowout. I'd like to see a game where I walk away smiling and I don't have any reservations about any injuries that happen or any like, oh, we should have played better or any like second half drama against a terrible team. Just go out and beat them. Beat them bad. Yep. Send them home crying. Um, yep. But we'll get into all that on Tuesday. For right now, though, you got anything else? Any other thoughts? Um, I don't. There's a couple things really in the outline so. we didn't do, but I don't know if they're totally necessary. We kind of covered those bases. Yeah, I mean, you say, you know, we talked about what what are the potential outcomes for Oregon this season. I mean, I think we maybe talked a little too much about playoff, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, because, well, I mean, the, you, you know, the schedule is what it is. Oregon can make it through there. And and I still think that despite how bad the Pac-12 has looked, based on that Ohio State win, Oregon's gonna gonna have a good chance to get in if they do go unbeaten. Um, I think Arizona State isn't on the schedule, but I'm cautiously looking at what they're gonna do to Utah this weekend. And if they handle business there, I think we can declare Arizona State a real legitimate threat and like a game that we should be pretty nervous about in the Pac-12 title scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they would be favored, but that that team can play, you know. Um, and then what are the other scenarios for Oregon? You know, winning the North is still important. Winning the conference is still important. Um, get yourself to a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, it would be a bummer if you beat Ohio State and you don't do that. Uh, and so what's that going to require? Maybe one loss we probably still get to uh, to the Pac-12 title game and just have to beat ASU. And that's a pretty likely scenario. If you get two losses, things start to look, you know, pretty bad. Um, but there's still hope because, I mean, the easy fixes are, you know, AB isn't starting for us next year. We have a real talented uh quarterback stepping in that we can develop and and we take it from there if that's the case but for now it's just go week by week and and realize that you know you're going to be the better team by a pretty good margin every time you step on the field um and yeah that's how i'm handling it yeah i still think this looks more like i'm with 
I'm with you. I think this is what you were leaning into saying. Like, I think this is more of a Rose Bowl team than a playoff team. But yeah, that can mean, you know, we'll get into those details a little, a little but, later on. Like, I don't think we even really, after discussing the playoff for how many minutes, like I, I don't really like discussing the playoff this early in the season just because we know so little about how things can shake out. But yeah, I still yeah, think I, this is uh, like, I would not be surprised and I would not be disappointed either with the Rose Bowl appearance. Who do you, here's a question. Like how many teams do you think Oregon doesn't like, how am I trying to say this? Okay. Oregon wins at least, you know, 20% of the time against how many teams in the country? We, sorry, we, we have like a, we have a, we have a one in five chance of beating every team in the country, except for who? Except for Georgia, except for Bama, maybe. I think we have a 20% chance against Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, I know Bama just lost to A&M, so like, I, but for me, that changes it from like, there's a 5% chance we might win that game to maybe a 10% chance, you know? Okay, actually, this is what I did want to talk about, though, actually. I, okay, I, I really don't like to do this because like so many people, especially on the West Coast, have, you know, always try to do the Nick Saban is done take. And that's not what I, that's not what I'm doing. Right. But this Alabama team, I do think is not as good as people think that they are. And I think people are forgetting that a few weeks ago, Nick Saban was kind of warning people and saying, this team, there are some problems going on that are actually serious that we need to look at. And then they played Florida really close. Um, yeah, they my only reservation maybe about should have that lost is, that game. Like he does that all the time, though. And the difference being, obviously, mm-hmm. usually his teams improve, and this year we haven't really mm-hmm. seen that yet. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Bama. They're a very interesting team going forward, uh, obviously. I'm, but I still give us more than a twenty percent shot against every other team besides Georgia. But but what chance do you give Bama of making the playoff even if we're going to go there? I mean, higher than us. Yeah. Okay. But, but I don't know if I agree (sighs) with that, but, but I, okay. I'll, I'll think about it this way. Like, 538, I'm looking at the sheet right now. They have, them at, they have Bama at a 40% chance to make the playoff. Because the, the mm-hmm. assumption there is that even if they win the division, they lose to Georgia in Atlanta. Which I can kind of see, but here's the thing. Do you think like, that's the assumption even though? What, what do we think Bama's chances against Georgia are? Not 40%. Yeah. I think it's more like 30. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, though, I will say like a week ago or before this, I think I, I said this, that 
you know, is it more likely that Alabama or Georgia go undefeated or not from here on mm-hmm. out, that they both go undefeated before the SEC title game, right? Yeah. And it just so happened that Bama lost <laughs> immediately. <laughs> they lost this Saturday, right? But just because they lost that one, I think that question still probably is holds true that there's there's probably a loss out there for Georgia or Bama. I mean, even Georgia, as good as they've looked, and I might still pick them to win a national title. They're still very only super dominant on one side of the ball. Yeah, and and also, how are they going to deal with being crowned the number one team in the country? Until they lose, they are going to be a definitive number one national title front runner. They're, they're looking, you know, eight good, weeks of that in the eye until Atlanta. The good news is, uh, is if that's going to change, it'll probably change in the next three weeks. So we'll be able to get to see it pretty soon. Uh, again, yeah. Georgia playing Kentucky next weekend, which, again, I'm not like <laughs> – I'm only including that because it's the second toughest game left on their schedule. Uh, the toughest being against Florida at that neutral site in week nine. So, but, but the thing, Bama doesn't play incompetent teams in the SEC. You know, they have of their six games left, you know, they played New Mexico State. That's basically a bye week. The other five games on there probably would be the hardest game Oregon has on the schedule. Let me let me confirm that. So just to repeat, you said other than I mean LS, LSU, I guess, lost to UCLA. So not LSU, but Tennessee, Mississippi State. I don't think Tennessee Arkansas either. and Auburn. Mississippi State, bro. Eh. I guess they're they're more comparable to an Oregon State and UCLA, probably. They I probably sit in that third t- tier of the whether they're this better take, or worse, they would all sit in the third tier or in the second tier of the Pac-12. Exactly. And that's why I think that this take, if you sit on it for a few weeks, it might it might work out. But as of right now, it's tough for me to say that. Just because, again, the SEC West is so fucking volatile, man. I mean, yeah, Mississippi State is probably the worst team in that division. And even they like almost it's beat LSU, LSU. Just beat AM on the road. Like yeah. it probably is LSU. And because of that, they're probably gonna fire Coach O. Um, I know I keep repeating this, but it's that it's oh they obvious. I mean Coach O is gone. Yeah, Coach O is gone. That is a tough season, man. Like LSU the rest of the way, just real quick. I mean I'm reading another schedule, but here you go. Uh LSU play Florida next weekend. Then they have Ole Miss away, probably a loss. They won't be favored. Uh, By week at Bama, hosting Arkansas. They play Louisiana Monroe, and then they finish with A&M. Dear God. That's a a four-game gauntlet right there in five weeks. Florida, Ole Miss, Bama, and Arkansas. Those are all very Mm -hmm. good teams. Any of those four teams would be Oregon's toughest game for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that is a ridiculous schedule for LSU. Yeah. All right. Um, anything? Anything else? Or should we sign off? No, no. I think I think we're pretty good. I think we can sign off. Is there any Ducks news we missed that we might uh, 
Coach Coach uh, Moorhead's going to be back. That's good news. Glad to hear he's doing better. Um, Nothing big. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll go into the Ducks on the midweek pod in in a couple of days. Sounds in a good. Friday game. That'll be fun. Yeah, the Friday game is going to be fun. Should be a blackout. I'm trying to. I'll do my due diligence to make sure people know it's a blackout. Um, <laughs> even though, you know, apparently like printing wear black on all the tickets and all the advertisements for this game isn't enough, but you know, not everyone's as dedicated. I can handle that fact. Um. <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out Herbert. Last thing. Dude, big game for him. Thanks. Thanks. Shout out Herbert, man. He's so good. What was it? Five touchdowns today. God, damn. He's damn good. He is damn good. Uh, and no, we will not be discussing that in, in terms of Oregon. Um, yeah, dude, go. Uh, what is it? Bolt up. Bolt up. Bolt baby. up. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag bolt up. All right, go Ducks. And uh, go we'll Ducks. see you guys on Tuesday.